This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Bedelski here in wonderful wintry Wasika. Uh, pleased to be joined by our next guest, uh, Deacon John Hust, who's the director of the Permanent Diaconate here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, welcome to the show, Deacon. Would you mind uh, telling uh, telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you, Nick. Uh, yeah, my name is Deacon John Hust. I'm uh, Deacon, as uh, Nick said, in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. I live in Wabasha, Minnesota, and been assigned to St. Felix in Wabasha and St. Agnes in Kellogg. Uh, I've been a permanent deacon since 2009. I'm married. I'll be 48 years next year. Six kids, and we're expecting number 10, 11 grandkids, so uh, pretty busy with that. But uh, just very nice to be with all of you uh, here today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think uh, one one of my favorite questions to ask when we have clergy on is if you'd mind sharing a little bit about uh, what what your vocation story is, kind of how you felt the call to the diaconate. Sure. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's always good for us to reflect. I remember very clearly uh, in 1981, I had, I would call a reconversion experience uh, where I recommitted my life to Christ and to the Church, and I began to pray and read my Bible and was on a retreat probably 1985, and it was on an Acts about the deacons, and the Holy Spirit uh, kind of spoke to me, uh, pay attention to this. I didn't really know anything about deacons at that time, mm. so I was open to it, and then uh, in uh, 1990, I moved uh, to outside of the diocese to the Archdiocese of Minneapolis-St. Paul, and there was a man in formation there, and so I started to visit with him and pray a little bit more about it, and then... In 99, I moved back into the Winona Rochester Diocese, and they started up a diaconate program in 2001. And then I uh, applied and was accepted and was ordained in 2009. So it was a, a long discernment process, but uh, always uh, was very grateful uh, for all the education. And the nice thing was that my wife was with us. Our wives were with us for most of the formation. So it was very helpful for our marriage also uh, in the formation process. So that's kind of a quick story uh, on my call to the jacket. Well, fantastic. Um, so uh, one of the things that's unique about the permanent diaconate is that uh, married men can be ordained to the permanent diaconate. How have you uh, felt, uh, you know, I you just mentioned that uh, having your wives attend classes with you, that that kind of helped uh, strengthen both of your faiths, uh, faith and uh, prepare you both kind of for this, for this ministry. Could you speak a little bit more about that, how, um, you know, how that... Um, your marriage and uh, your your uh, diaconate kind of complement each other. Yeah, I have to admit, I really didn't think about it until we started to, uh, you know, we go and pray together, we listen to all the different presentations together and have discussions. Uh, the diaconate for the married men uh, does go out of the gift of marriage, that the sacraments are really the two... Uh, sacraments of service in the Church, and uh, it's just been a, a great blessing. Uh, my wife uh, actually was uh, very critical in my reconversion experience, so I'm always uh, grateful for that, but 
Uh, we began to pray together. Uh, when you pray together, you grow together. That's been my experience. So uh, it's just really strengthened our marriage. And I would say the majority of the deacons would uh, also agree that uh, the, their discernment of the vocation of the diaconate uh, helped their marriage uh, grow much stronger. And uh, you also had, uh, as as most permanent de- as a lot of permanent deacons do, uh, had a, a a career outside of the church, right? Uh, have you did you feel that 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 kind of helped uh, prepare you for diaconal service? Did it kind of complement things, or or how did that work? Yeah, uh, I think very much so. So for me, I was a, a nurse anesthetist, so I would put people sick and wake them up for surgery. So it is another. Uh, way of serving others. I was able to, I would meet new people every day, visit with them and help them uh, through difficult times. So it was good preparation uh, in communication skills and things like that. But I always have had a, a heart for people. Uh, that's, mm. uh, I remember a saying that when you're doing things that make your heart sing, you know you're doing the Lord's work. So caring for others and Actually, the last 10 years, I was an ordained deacon, so I worked at a small Catholic hospital in Wabashaw, so I was able to uh, pray with these people before surgery, put them to sleep, wake them up, and I would be seeing them in church. So it was uh, oh, beautiful. Really a really nice, nice way. So you have full ministry, body, mind, and spirit. Absolutely. And uh, how about those those uh, patients, I guess, that, that weren't Catholic? Did they find that uh, uh, comforting or, or, you know, anything like that? Yeah. That they had a deacon? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a small community. I probably knew 90% of the people that came in. They were uh, comforted to know who I was. And, uh, you know, I prayed with the Protestants if if they asked me to and things like that. I would pray for everybody once they were asleep. But, (laughs) yeah, they were uh, very receptive to all that. Well, fantastic. Um, If you're just joining us now... uh Nick Medelsky here on Real Presence Live speaking with Deacon John, who's the director of the Permanent Diaconate here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and talking a little bit about his uh, diaconal service. Uh, so uh, speaking of that, kind of uh, what uh, what what's kind of surprised you as a deacon? You know, you, I think you said it's about probably about 13 years uh, you've been ordained a deacon. What's, uh, what's surprised you, I guess, about being a deacon? Well, I think uh, a, a number of things. Uh, I guess uh, probably the greatest thing was just the gifts that I received from ministering to the people in the church, uh, whether it be uh, a baptism or a funeral or whatever type of uh, ministry of service that I'm doing. Uh, I'm always received a great deal of uh, from the people that I minister to, uh, the great witness of the faithful to me. Uh, they help uh, increase my faith a lot. I just pray that I can be as faithful to the Lord and to the Church as many of these people have been. One other thing that really stands out to me was uh, at the service at the altar. Uh, I was never an altar boy uh, uh. growing up, so uh, once uh, I was ordained and to be assisting the priest at the altar and at the time of consecration and all that, just the uh, great gift of being in the presence of the Lord as the bread and wine become his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Just such a great gift to be there and to uh, 
be able to look out on the uh, faithful in the congregation and uh, just ask the Lord to bless them uh, each and every Mass. So those are a couple things that kind of stand out in regards to uh, surprising parts of, of being a deacon. I wasn't expecting uh, that, but uh, also uh, being appointed as deacon director, it was something that I wasn't uh, really interested in, but uh, <laughs> the bishop asked, and uh, I couldn't uh, refuse. Uh, and we take the uh, we we take the vow of obedience to the bishop. So, right. Uh, so those are a couple things that I would say stand out to me personally. I mean, every deacon has different things uh, that stand out to them. They all have different gifts, different uh, things that really touch our hearts. But it's it's the people really that touch my heart the most. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, very great, very great. Um, and then uh, we do have a few minutes left before the break, so I thought I'd ask you kind of the kind of another part about that, about your your ministry as a deacon. Have you encountered any kind of uh, challenges? Anything that's uh, kind of uh, been a little difficult, or maybe just uh, you know situations that have come up you weren't really expecting? Well, unlike we have. Uh challenges. I think probably one of the greatest challenges uh, for deacons, you know, as, as husbands, as fathers, as workers, is to proper balance, to balance uh, all those different parts of your life. Uh, you know, I was ordained. I had two kids in high school, uh, plus a full-time job. Uh, so to make sure that I'm not neglecting uh, family life, uh, it's hmm. much easier at times to be serving the church and serving the parish, doing this and that, but uh, uh, that's been a challenge, and I know many deacons feel that same way. Now that I'm retired, it's still a challenge uh, to uh, keep your life uh, balanced, you know, taking care of yourself, and taking care of your family, and uh, also the church, so... Uh, those, I would say that's the biggest challenge. You know, we have challenges with personalities and things like that, but that's with any kind of uh, vocation or job that right. people get. Or harder to love, I guess I should say. <laughs> well, that uh, that does make sense. That uh, you know, again, that that uh, unique situation of being clergy and and in uh, a, a ministerial role like that, as well as having a family, um, that that can be both a blessing and uh kind of present some opportunities that uh that uh require some some careful thinking and some careful balance right between the two worlds yeah. there right yeah. my wife helps me keep that keep that in mind so she's very good at reminding me uh the priorities yeah but you're absolutely right we have one foot in the church we have one foot in the world that's where uh makes deacons unique uh as clergy uh we also have children and all those kinds of things so i understand when your children don't behave exactly like you would like them to. <laughs> They're a great blessing. They're all a great blessing, but uh, it can be challenging at times. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you're just joining us right now, uh, Nick Medelsky here on Real Presence Live, uh, speaking with uh, Deacon John, uh, who's the director of the Permanent Diaconate here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, we'll be talking more about uh, kind of the formation program here in the diocese and how that process works uh, when we come back from the break. Stay tuned. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo De Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Faith as the Seed of Life The Lord uses the image of the mustard seed as being the smallest of all grains or seeds, out of which in the end a tree will grow in which all the birds of the air will be able to nest. The mustard seed comprises, on the one hand, smallness, wherein I am wretched, but at the same time the potential for growth. In that way, there is in this mustard seed a profound depiction of faith. Faith is seen thereby not as the mere acceptance of certain propositions, but as the seed of life within me. I am only a true believer if faith is present within me as a living seed from which something is growing and which then truly changes my world and in doing so brings something new into the world as a whole. The experiment of life can only become clear for me if I truly give myself up to the will of God so far as He has made it known to me. Sometimes precisely by the breadth of our vision in that we can see so many glimpses of divine reason in reality, this really does add breadth and scope to our image of God, and we stand before Him with greater reverence and even with humility and awe. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. If you are interested in supporting the mission of Real Presence Radio during this season of giving, there are gifts to consider that offer great tax benefits. These end-of-year gifts could come in handy in a few months when your taxes are due. Join our friends and the spirit of Real Presence Radio during this year-end season of giving. This is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement. Please call me at 701-290-4503, and together we can continue to make a difference in the lives of our listeners. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And good morning one last time. Real Presence Live listeners, Nick Medelsky and wonderful Wasika speaking uh, with Deacon John from uh, wonderful Wabasha. Uh, speaking about the Permanent Diaconate Program, Deacon John is the director of the Permanent Diaconate Program here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. Uh, so one of the reasons, uh, we, we've had you on plenty of times before, uh, Deacon, but uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today is because I saw uh, just uh, last last month, I believe it was, you're holding some informational sessions uh, to kind of um, explain how the formation program works here in the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and just to sort of see if uh, there are some men in the diocese who might be uh, feel called uh, to further discern that vocation. Um, so could you explain kind of how that program 
works here in the diocese. I know it, it might be slightly different from diocese to diocese, but at least how it works here. Sure, yeah. Well, again, just a quick review of the act that was restored, the permanent act that was restored over 50 years ago uh, from Vatican II. And in our diocese, uh, we've only had three classes of deacons. So the first class was ordained in 2005. Uh, my class was ordained in 2009. And we have one ordained in 2020. Uh, so at present, we are getting ready to recruit a new class. Uh, we were kind of waiting for uh, the appointment of a new bishop, and Bishop Barron gave us go-ahead to get going. So the first part of the process is, uh, as you mentioned, is we had some informational meetings uh, throughout the diocese for different meetings to have men come to see what their interest is and things like that. So we had those, and we had uh, about 25 men come uh, to mm. hear a little bit about it. So that really was the first part. The second part is really the application process. There's it's a pretty lengthy uh, application that uh, goes through uh, your work history, school history, church history, all sorts of things. Probably the important things for men to know about that is it's really a discernment process. It isn't, uh, you, you might be feeling the call, but uh, your pastor has to feel the call. Very important to have a pastor write a recommendation for you. Also, uh, married men, uh, that their wife has to be very supportive of this. Uh, all mm-hmm. through the five years of process, the wife has uh, the ability to uh, say, no, uh, I don't think we should continue. Uh, and that's... Uh, and that's a very important part of the process, right, yeah. is that uh, the yeah, wife, wives are very involved in that because it is a yeah. ministry for both of you, right? It's not yeah. exclusively yeah. Your, your, the 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 husband's call, right? It's not his decision on no, his own, right? Yeah. So the husband is the ordained deacon, but the, the family is very important. We cannot uh, do anything to harm marriage uh, with that. But every year the wife has to write a letter, handwritten letter to the bishop saying they, her husband can continue. So once we go through the number of interviews, uh, finally uh, they go through a selection process, and then the bishop, uh, Bishop Barron, will appoint uh, men, begin the formation process, and there's Two years of aspirancy, and that's really uh, discernment uh, with the man, with his family, with the church. Uh, is the Lord really calling me to this vocation as a deacon or not? Uh, so uh, at the end of those two years, uh, they will be, uh, the bishop can appoint them to candidacy, which is another three years. So the process really is five years in length. Uh, in our diocese, uh, we normally meet on a Friday, Saturday, once a month, uh, September through June, uh, because our diocese is so spread out. Some other, like the Archdiocese, I think they meet once a week, uh, but because of the distance, uh, we meet once a week. And it goes through uh, four dimensions of formation of the human, the spiritual dimension, the intellectual dimension, and pastoral dimension. So each year, the uh, uh, receiving classes in regards to all those uh, uh, different aspects of uh, formation. Again, uh, deacons are icons of Jesus Christ's servants. So uh, for me, we uh, have a heart to serve others. It's not about ourselves, but it's really about that uh, joy that we give in and serving others. Uh, and 
go ahead. Do you have a question? <laughs> well, I was going to say that, that that's a perfect uh, uh, synopsis, kind of the formation program in here. Is it also a requirement here in the diocese that they've uh, completed the uh, the Institute for Lay Formation, or was that just in previous classes? That was previous. Uh, for this class, uh, we don't have any prerequisites. Uh, it's helpful to have that, but uh, it was discerned uh for this class, since it's been so long since we've had a class, uh, right. that the it's not uh, a prerequisite. I want to purchase something else if they haven't had it uh, during that time. So. So, and, and speaking of prerequisites, it's not like a, like a, a, a gentleman who's interested needs to have a, a master's of theology or, or any particular degree, that's right? Any correct, particular yeah. level of education. Right. Yeah, that's that's correct. That you know, if the person feels the Lord is calling them possibly to the diaconate, but if you do not have the support of your wife or the support of your pastor. Uh, would be a, a time for you to apply. So we're actually hopefully getting out applications uh, this week uh, to the people that are interested. Well, fantastic. And uh, I know uh, we've kind of touched on it a few times here, but if you could really, I think sometimes a lot of people um, are are confused, I think, because uh, relatively speaking, as far as uh, the church is, uh, you know, church time goes, and especially whether or not you've had a deacon in in the parish that you're in, uh, you might be confused as to, uh, I, I guess there's no other way to put it, but, but why do we need deacons in the church? Well, deacons in the church was the way that was the way that the church was set up, so when we read the Acts of the Apostles, we read about bishops and deacons. They were, initially, they were the two clergy later, the presbyters, came in. Uh, it's really the three ranks of clergy. Each member of the clergy brings uh, a charism, I think, to the Church. Uh, and, you know, ours is to be the servant of Jesus Christ uh, in the Word, as ministers of the Word, ministers at the altar, and ministers of charity to help bring God's mercy uh, and love to those people around. So once we attend Mass, uh, at the end, we say go in peace uh, to encourage people to go out and bring the good news of Jesus Christ to the world. So uh, we really need all three of the ranks of clergy, I believe. And that's why the Vatican II reinstituted the permanent diaconate, I believe. Well, fantastic. I have a few more questions to ask, but before we do that, I'll send things up to Rachel and Fabulous Fargo to give us a preview of tomorrow's show. So take it away, Rachel. On the next Your Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Mike Kudrowski and Doug Jillick are your hosts coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota. They'll be speaking with Isaiah Jillick about his four years as a seminarian, and Kim Height will be sharing about how she brings her faith into her work life. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live Wednesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, so, uh, Deacon, uh, is there any sort of uh, advice you could give to a man who, well, and, and I suppose to his wife as well, uh, uh, someone who might be discerning a vocation to the diaconate, how, how they'd go about that, what, what that looks like? Yeah. Well, um, I think be very prayerful. Uh, be sure to uh, include your wife in, in that prayer. Also, uh, approach your pastor, tell him that you're uh, trying to have this 
that is called to possibly uh, become deacon and get involved in service in your church. Very important. Uh, if you don't get joy out of serving others, then uh, the diaconate wouldn't be for you. Uh, so just prayerfully uh, understand uh, or call you and then start reaching out to go to the church because it's really a dual uh, discernment between the person, family, and the church. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you said, that's a good uh, a good thing to note. Uh, if uh, serving other people isn't really something that, that you like doing, uh, getting involved in ministry isn't something you really like doing, then the diaconate's probably not, not a good uh, fit. Uh, so uh, that, that's a good good bit of advice as well. Um, before, uh, well, I guess I, I guess I should mention uh, if, for anyone listening right now who'd like more information uh, for the diaconate here in the diocese of Winona, Rochester, how would they get a hold of of you, or or who would they get a hold of, or where would they look for information? Uh, they could uh, email me, and my email would be j h u s t at d o w r dot org, and I'd be uh, happy to. Uh, email them or visit them. Fantastic. So, uh, J-H-U-S-T at D-O-W-R. H-U-S-T. Yeah, H-U-S-T. Mm-hmm. J-H-U-S-T at D-O-W-R.org. Uh, thank you so All much right. for joining us today, Deacon. Yeah. You're very welcome. And thank you so much for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Uh, hope you have a beautiful day and a beautiful uh, rest of Advent and Christmas season. God bless. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.